I don't think her appearance or sexuality should determine mm-hmm. whether she should, you know, be called to the bar or not. I think they did the right thing by rejecting her. Hi, wonderful people. Welcome back to Just with Debbie. I'm your host, Deborah. Today, we're going to discuss about I'm a governess, bar case, and my guests are going to share their experiences of being law students. Okay, so thank you guys for coming on the Just with Debbie. Um, so... I'll start with the introduction if you want to say your name, obviously. Um, if you don't, you don't have to. Hi, uh, my name is Abna. Hi, my name is Chloe. Um, I'm not going to disclose my name. All right. So do you guys want to tell us um, a bit about yourself? So what are you studying? Um, yeah. Um, can I can I go first? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm Abna again. I uh, studied criminology at the university, university of Nottingham. Um, I then did a master's in law, and I'm currently working in the civil service as a civil um, servant. Um, okay, so I did uh, the undergrad um, law with criminology, and um, I proceed, and currently I'm doing the bar course with the LLM. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working as Abna um, in a civil, as a civil servant within the civil servant company. Okay. And um, what is the LL um, for people? Oh, so the LLB is the undergrad degree. Um, it's just cool like that, to be honest. And the LLM is the master degree as well. Okay. Chloe? Okay. I study um, law. I know I'm trying uni and I'm in my third year. LLB, just law. Just law. Okay. Um, so for the people that did criminology, why do you guys choose to go into criminology instead of doing the straight law undergrad i was really hoping you wouldn't ask this question (laughs) (laughs) because um to be honest with you i was never i never planned to study criminology i didn't even know what criminology was until i was offered it uh so basically my ucas application was for law literally i applied for law however the uni i wanted to go to um well, they told me, they re- the reason they gave me was that um, law was full. So I should go with the alternative of- offer, which was criminology. And then once I get into the uni, I'll be able to change it to law. But that never happened. And so I was forced to stop with criminology. So I can't answer that question. It's not something that I wanted to study. I, to, I didn't know what it was. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, personally, I just wanted to have like a knowledge and understanding within like the criminal uh, mindset and thinking. So it was criminology was a bit more like the psychological and social behavior of criminals. So I just wanted to have that mindset just in case I pursue the law further to just understand from a criminal point of view how what was the reason why I committed a crime, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Um, so what made you um guys want to go into law? Um did you always knew you're gonna do law when you're growing up or did it just happen? I always wanted to be a lawyer from young, so I just followed the path. That's why I chose law. Okay. 
Um, I personally um, began uh, having an interest in medicine. and um, But then when I was younger, I did like the legal aspect. But then obviously from an African household, I had to become a doctor. Um, so I depart from that when I was younger. So then I got back into it when I had to make my own decision to go to uni. That's interesting. From medicine to law. To different <laughs> so how were you able to make that decision? Like, um, Obviously, law doesn't have, like, you don't need any, like, background to mm-hmm. make that decision or, like, to obtain grades to go to university. So I just followed up doing all the medical, you know, biology, chemistry, all of that um, courses in A-level and use the same grade to get into law. So I just started from fresh by having a legal mindset in uni. Um, so as for me, I initially wanted to be a psychologist as a child. I actually wanted to be a psychologist. But then I realised, growing up, I realised that I needed to be good in science somehow and <laughs> I really wasn't so I just had to go for something else so the more I was going I realized that uh, one thing I absolutely dislike in this world is when people are taken advantage of or in other words um, treated unfairly so um, yeah I just yeah. I just found um, a career as a lawyer as something that will enable me to make a difference in people's lives especially people that are not treated right. So yeah. that's why I decided to pursue a career in law. Okay, that's very interesting. Honestly, I was actually interested in psychology for, for like a second and I was like, nah, mm-hmm. it's not for me. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, so what are the different routes into becoming a lawyer um, from your experience and from you, you know as well? So obviously the traditional route is what um, I think Chloe is currently doing. So, you know, you pursue, you do the LLB, which is the undergraduate degree in law. After that, you do um, the LPC or BTTC, um, depending on whether you want to become a solicitor or barrister. And then you do the you do pupillage or you get a training contract again depending on whether you want to be a barrister or solicitor so that's the traditional route but um if you're somebody like me who uh didn't study law you can still become a lawyer uh so like i said i studied criminology and after that i did a master's in law which is seen more as a conversion course but i still a master's in law it's called ma ma law so you can either do that or do the GDL, which is um, similar to the MA, just that you don't get a master's degree. It's more more of a diploma. That's what they say. But really and truly, the content is the same. I think you you literally study the same thing. Um, so yeah, you do that. And then um, you do the LPC, just like somebody who has a law degree. And then again, um, you either do a training contract you, sorry, you get a training contract or you get pupillage, depending on whether you want to be a solicitor or a barrister. So that's that's a route to becoming a lawyer. Then um, I think, not I think, I know that you can also do an apprenticeship to become a lawyer. Um, and I think that that's for like six years. 
uh, I can't remember their name exactly, but I think it's solicitor apprenticeship, something like that. Um, so yeah, it's just like an apprenticeship. So you'd be working and studying at the same time. Um, so yeah, these are the routes to becoming a lawyer. To become a lawyer. Um, so I think Frida mentioned about um, as being a solicitor. What's the difference between being a solicitor and a traditional lawyer or a barrister? Um, Madeline, you can answer that. Okay, um, so a solicitor is more like a one-to-one like conversation, legal advice to a client. So you're more into doing like a more legal work, paperwork, trying to get more information from the client perspective. Meanwhile, a barrister is more like representing the client in court, um, in a sense of being an advocate and providing the um expressing, let's say, the reason by which the, the client, either prosecutor or accuser, is in the court and trying to defend them depending on the on the position that you may be in. However, we do have some solicitors that can also be going to court. They're called solicitor advocates, which means they just do a course more to just be able to represent their clients. The only thing that they might not have is like wearing the wig as a barrister, but they have the opportunity to represent someone in court. It's just a more hassle because you're going to be doing the work in the background and at the same time taking your customer, your client, sorry, to court. Um, but we also have some barristers that also like to do the job by their own and do the old paperwork before taking their own client to court. Um, some solicitors have the job to instruct their own barristers. So as a barrister, you will be um, alerted to do a certain type of job depending on what the solicitor will instruct you to do, which means that they might give you a case that you might have no knowledge about, but you have to um, allegate it in court once you get there. And that could be also the first time you meet a client. So as I said, solicitor is more as a background discussion and the barristers are up front dealing with the case in that 30 minutes that will happen in court or more. So f- to become a solicitor, do you still do the normal undergrad? And that yeah, like, that could yeah, be- like, yeah, like Abna said, um, you would do the undergrad. Um, then afterwards, you would pres- you make a decision whether you want to do um, the LPC and that's where your solicitor route basically narrow to. And then afterwards, you just take the training contract and you become um, a solicitor. Meanwhile, a barrister, you still do the three years undergrad. And then you take the route of doing the PPTC, which is the bar course. And then afterwards, you take the pupillage. That's straightforward as it sounds. Yeah, it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not as straightforward as it sounds. But that's how on paper it should be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. So I've heard about someone going, she did a law degree and a master's. I'm not sure which law degree she did, but she did a law degree and master's. And I know now she's like um, a paralegal. Like what? what is that? What's a paralegal? The easy way I can describe it is more as, I don't know, it's, it's more as, because you're not, you're not giving legal advices. It's like you're more dealing with paperwork and like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, you're more like a secretary, uh-huh, that's the word, like an, an assistant. 
oh. where you're dealing with the, all the legal cases on paper and trying to understand what does a solicitor need, what would a barrister need, and you're trying to uh, do some research, legal researches about the cases or the potential situation that might have happened in a different case. You're basically dealing everything that will become a whole pile that you're going to give to a solicitor to go through. And then you're going to give another pile to the barrister to go through. So you just collect like a collection mode to collect everything and be able to deliver to them. So you just, yeah, like an assistant, I'll describe it mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what are the different like type of, briefly, you don't have to go too much into it, but what kind of different lawyers are there? Because I know there's a lawyer for like, let's say, divorce and then there's one for I don't know if you want to get a property that they can help you with I mean what are the different kinds of lawyers there um Chloe can answer that there's so many (laughs) 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 so the main ones that people actually need you know in case of any emergency like our parents for example that they might not know about that they could um, have this kind of lawyer that could help them in in any situation Okay, there's like family lawyer, okay. criminal lawyer. I'm just going to say commercial, property. There's just too many. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Lawyer for everything. Lawyer for everything. So if someone needs a lawyer, mm-hmm. how do they get the, the best type of lawyer than just go to any random one? And is it important for everybody to have a lawyer? And which one would be like the most important, vital one that you have to have? Okay. Um, personally, I think that most important lawyer should be, it's not even a lawyer, but it's someone that will be able to deal with your inheritance yeah. at the end of the day. Due to the fact that if something happens to you and you have a better explanation of what will happen once you're gone, that's the best way um and that leads to you know letting them knowing about your life insurance your income your bank and everything so more so like a trustee lawyer i think an inheritance lawyer mm-hmm. um the importance of a lawyer is, is important because they're expensive mm. and it's like if you need one in emergency you need to make sure that you find a good one that can provide the good advice in that short amount of time, especially, um, you know, you might think being a lawyer is like a quick, quick thing to do. You mm-hmm. always need to know the law by on your head in an immediate situation, but it doesn't work like that. We need to go back and make our own research to help the clients. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense where parents especially need to understand that um, they might think lawyers as, you know, they they might lie or they might act up in a certain way, but it's actually a time of learning every day to be able to advise um, each client that we come across. So it's a, a, a big role as a lawyer in this, and as a, a Black girl also in this field, to be able to have that knowledge, that confidence in providing these advices to other people. Right. That's what I think. Okay. Um, it's a good thing that you mentioned. We have this image that, or this perception that lawyers lie. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys I think? I won't pass that um, personally. 
my mom, she's the type of person like, oh, make sure that you, um, if you go to court one day, you're able to defend the right person. I'm like, it's not in my hands. I can't, it's not what I say will not determine whether they are a criminal or not. It's what I have on paper and how I portray it will depend whether the jury would decide or not. And I think that they have thinking that once you're there you're just lying trying to win your clients to be on a safe decision but it's it's subjective at the end of the day mm. okay um so the jury is it just random people put together or is it specific how did it how did these people get chosen i know it's chosen random but i think you put your name on the jury register then they'll probably just select random people based on the names that's how you get chosen so we're gonna go on the ama governance issue now um for the people who don't know and for the listeners um so ama governor is basically a youtuber based in ghana and she's also a law student so she i don't follow her page i don't watch her barely watch her youtube but what i know is that she is a law student and she passed her exams and was due to be called at the bar but then a complaint was sent by a random resident in Ghana. So this person sent a letter saying that she doesn't think I'm a governor is a good candidate to go into the field of law and to become a lawyer. Um, so I've got a letter, a copy of the letter here that says that um I'm going to skim through it. I'm not going to read word by word. Um, but mainly what this person is saying that she has seen a lot of disturbing publications by Amma Governor. And um, she mentioned a particular video that's that's titled Ghana School of Law. Um, do law students live in class? And apparently this video has a lot of views. Um, and then she mentions about how she dresses saying that sometimes she wears no rings. Um, and then when COVID happened, she used to hide it with a mask. Um, and then obviously she came out with her sexuality. Um, so she doesn't think she's the right candidate and needs to be investigated. I, I want to know what you guys think about Amma Governor's case. Um, tell me what does it mean to be called at the bar, how important it is. And then, yeah. Okay, so to be called to the bar is basically the final stage where you're qualified um, to be allowed to be called a barrister, so to argue in court on behalf of uh, a client. So that's the final stage that she had um, as a person to then be able to be called a lawyer. Um, as if, you know, she's 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 at the final string. Um, my... My opinion or point of view in regards to what is happening is just that I don't think her appearance or sexuality should determine mm-hmm. whether she should, you know, be called to the bar or not. Mm-hmm. Um, as that's that's one thing here in the UK, uh, we you, you how you appear or whatever sexuality you should be is not determined whether you're going to be a good barrister or a bad barrister is okay. once you become um a barrister or a solicitor or what comes after that would depend on by the company that you'll be working for that will determine 
um, whether you're a good barrister or not, your studies should not determine or stop you to achieve that end goal, especially because the same thing in the UK, I'm a governor paid for a school fees. And if I'm paying 16 grand towards the course, that you then going to stop me to not achieve. Once you allow me to see all exams, you saw me passing every single exam, mm. I think is unfair. Yeah. However, from a legal perspective, I do understand how come, um, you know, a pause has been placed upon her due to the fact that um, either barristers or solicitors, we are both, um, you know, guided by a regulation. And if you're, you're not following the regulation that's been set up for you at the beginning of your course, is, is you have a sense of um, integrity that you're going against. And in this case, it could be that the regulation that she's following, she has she broke it based on the integrity and the honesty that she needs to put as a lawyer. Because I do remember that one of the conduct that we need to do is being honest and mm-hmm. be integ- have integrity here in the UK. So if she had... Um, I also remember that when, once I started law, one thing they said to me is, think before you write. Because as a lawyer, you're representing yourself as an individual, especially for a barrister. Same thing as a solicitor, because you're going to join a company. Once you join a company, clients will know you based on the outside as well. They'll find your name and try and see whether you'll be able to represent them the way they want you to represent them. So if you've said or wrote something on social media which might impact the relationship and rapport that you might have with a client, I will understand why the regulation might object to you to become a lawyer as you broke that conduct, which is yeah. be able to have a trust in your client. That's already gone because they will never be able to trust you. Um, and that's from a, you know, a career perspective, personally. Um, as I say, here in the UK, you would never have someone stop you. However, someone can raise a complaint if they believe that you you broke the law or if they believe that you you haven't followed the conduct that the two borders have you know put in place for you so i don't understand where they are coming from yes it's disappointing because she's gone through the journey but yeah. i think yeah. she should have had a thought before saying certain things mm. and probably had a thought before right to certain things as i personally i don't i do make sure that my social media is represented as i want to be addressed so in a certain way i mean that yes am i not not everything i'll post because it's my private life but i make sure that whoever come across my social media will understand that i'm in the road to become an aspiring barrister so I have that characters and those, you know, attraction that I want to perceive to the people that watch my social media. Yes, as an influencer, you want to be more realistic with the people around you, but you also need to know that your career is at stake as a person. And if you wanted to become a lawyer, you knew all these things would have come into a question mark around you. It's sad, but it happened. And I hope that they will have a thought around it to understand her point of view as well. She just tried to be herself 
And I think that's another thing she'll be able to attract a different type of audience, which will accept her as she is and probably be like, yeah, I don't like a, you know, a barrister like that. I like the fact that she's open-minded and she's able to express herself how she wants. But then it can be that certain people don't like that as well to, to work with them. So, yeah. Thank you for that answer. Um, Chloe, what do you think? I think they did the right thing by rejecting her. And I get what um, our sister was saying, but with her like sexuality, it's Ghana. In this country, yeah, LGBT and all those things are allowed. But in Ghana, it's illegal. Mm. If I'm a lawyer or I own a law firm, I'm not going to take someone like that knowing it's illegal. Like, the laws are there. If the law is allowed saying, oh, yeah, LGBT or whatever is allowed, that's a different case. Ghana is legal. They beat people up for just being those people. And yeah. no law firm will want to, like, destroy their reputation mm. by taking her. You said, like, on her social media or whatever, she yeah. was dissing straight people and stuff because she's, you know, not straight. But what's to say she'll be a good lawyer to straight people if she's been saying that? She's I, don't, I, don't, I don't think she's going to get influenced by, you know, the fact that she's, she's bisexual or whatever. But, I don't think that's going to actually influence words, her work. Her words, like her words stated it. Because if I'm a straight person and I saw her video dissing people like that, I wouldn't even have the thought of coming to you, even if you're the best lawyer in Ghana. I wouldn't want to come to you. Okay. Because it's wrong. Mm. And yeah, the appearance is not a big deal. But even like me, I love those outfits and stuff. But there are some places I won't take to or expose myself to, knowing I want to be a lawyer in the future. Mm. Social media, you, you, like, there's always evidence of stuff. Mm. You know, some people are saying, okay, we get it. She dressed in a certain way. She has um, different sexual um, preferences. But didn't you guys know that before, you know, rejecting her last minute based on someone's letter? You know, someone not even in the field. But what's to say they were going to take her? Because right now we're just making assumptions based on the letter. But maybe they knew. The thing is, she, she went on a course. She went on a course, completed did all what she had to do to become a lawyer. And the only thing, she has passed the exams. And even before she wrote the exams, she, she had already come out with all the videos. Deborah, let me ask you this question. Yes. I'm here right now doing the law, whatever, whatever. And then yes. I get my degree and stuff. What's to say that I will still be called to the bar, even though I've passed the exams? And then we need more when I'm your lawyer. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Because yes. you wouldn't know. But I thought say I thought it was automatic to be called at the bar once you pass your exams. Yeah, no. it's autom- it's automatic. You shouldn't have been seized by then. The only thing I think is wrong is the fact that the person that complained complained once she was about to be called to the bar because what you mentioned that she had PSD but she was hiding them, which means she was dishonest as a lawyer even before she did her exams. So all these points should have been pointed out back then like mm. chloe said rather than waiting for her achievement because now what she's been hold on is just this letter if this letter did not come through exactly. none of us would have known she would yeah. have gone straight to the bar and got her job because mm-hmm. that's, that's her word. 
do an exam, you finish your exam, you get called to the bar. Mm. Um, if this was um, probably the way around and it was someone else that sent the letter at the beginning of the course, should have just been seized to be a lawyer and mm-hmm. carried on with the studies back then. So I think yeah. it's also the timing of the situation. Yeah. Someone knew what she came up on social media and said, I'm about to be called to the bar. If she kept that secret, no one would have known. And she would have probably got the certificate. And then, as Kobe said, no one would have probably used that as a lawyer once she becomes a lawyer. So, yeah, it's, it's just a two different type of situation. But, um, you know, her sexuality was yes. to say that even if the letter didn't come out and then she was being called to the bar and then they found out, what's to say they would have taken and knowing that that's illegal yeah. in yeah. Ghana? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think one thing we need to understand, does Ghana okay. have the the regulation board like the UK does? Because if Ghana does have that, how come these things were not picked on on time? How come you were not able to regulate your student in a manner where you knew that you need certain things to be achieved as an individual before becoming a lawyer? If these things, were not, addressed, sorry, just, yeah. if these no, things were not addressed, then she obviously she will have known because I don't think it shouldn't be addressed but if there's no board or any regulation and all the sudden is being picked up now then there's a lot of people that are probably faking it all the way to be called to the bar and miraculously get it and this is the only time it's been pointed it out she's not the only person as I'm supposed because mm. like I know law uh, not law Ghana has the regulation it's illegal but I don't think I know, like, I've been to school in Ghana. I don't think if you're going to school, they're going to ask about if you're a lesbian or girl or whatever. They're just going to take you. They won't, so they, I don't think they would have thought of her, you know, sexuality by the time that they were taking her. Mm. But then she did reveal about... Wait, did you want to say something, Madden? I was going to say, she did She did show her, her sexuality when she was doing the exams, though. Exactly, she did. She, she came out a couple of years ago, I think, about the sexuality yeah. matter. So then they could have stopped her and said, okay, this, that's a problem. However, the only rules I saw in in in, um, in Ghana about, <clears throat> in the letter, wow. it said, oh, okay. they can take you off the course or reject you at the bar if you lack good character. However, it yeah. doesn't really explain, it doesn't go in depth about what is that the good character, character should character be. Or bad character. It doesn't really define it. So I feel like they need to elaborate in terms of that to help students. But I don't think, even though the law in Ghana is illegal, I don't think it's, you know, about their sexuality or whatever. I don't think it's in the law that if you're this, you can't take the exams. You can take it, but maybe you just won't be called to the bar. The, but they need to state that though. They need to state that in a in, in and say, say okay, <laughs> if Akusia is this A and B, Akusia cannot qualify to become because to be honest, like with us here, if I wouldn't think Ghana's law is actually law unless like the law gets to you that you actually know that there's law in Ghana. <laughs> you get what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't even believe that there's even an actual law in Ghana. <laughs> I think a lot of people underst- underestimate the, the how serious laws are in Ghana. They don't take it seriously. They're like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Because they think, oh, I'm not going to have any consequences. Yeah, or they probably think you can just yeah. pay your way through it. It's, exactly. Yeah. The vibe, the whole vibe issue as well. You know, also, when relationship- like... Go on, Madeline. 
in relationship to your statement where you said that um they stated that she's not of good character yeah obviously us in african household we know that how they describe in i'm a governor is not equal to good character at all so mm. it's like that's what i'm saying ghana the the law well this statement is really generic because yeah it based on myself or based on on um, you on yourself you know what a good character is and then if you're comparing good character to i'm a governor you might you might take two boxes only which was knowledge of the law and understanding of the law mm-hmm. as anything else we don't know whether she's a good person um to to the society we don't know whether she's you know it's just the appearance that it shows as good behavior not good behavior or her sexuality shows i'm not good behavior so going back to what chloe said because it's illegal in ghana they automatically seeing these two things as pardon for my language this girl cannot be a lawyer because she looks like i can't say the word but she looks like this does that make sense yeah. so it's like the appearance is already subjected especially in africa to a certain type of um group of people which has led to the the you know withdrawal of her right to become a lawyer because you don't appear as you should be a lawyer you you already appear in the public as as this type of people therefore let's that's what i'm saying her audience she attracted a certain type of audience and she's been able to be allocated by a certain type of eye like okay i need you can't be called to the bar because you don't attract or don't, you're not perceived as a lawyer in the first place. So what more can you do once you be called to the bar? So I think it's just a sense of her appearance is a big issue in this. Because if yeah. I see her, I'll never be able to say she did a law course. Yeah, no that's true. No I even in Ghana, like I remember, it's not related, but there was some guy who came out like that and people were literally chasing him, trying to beat him just because he's, you know, those people... So, like, if it's a different country, I say it's different, but Ghana, I know they've taken it serious that this LGBTQ is illegal. It's as if it's bad. Mm. And she, like, she's been living in Ghana for how She knows it. Mm. So I think even if you're this and you want to be a lawyer, don't bring it out. Right. Because you see how we're in this country. Yeah, we can get the good degree and everything. But in the end, they'll probably go do a DBS on us, check our social media and stuff to see if we're actually good lawyers before they will take us right but with her what no go ahead oh but with her even let's say even if i'm just i don't know if that's how ghana works anyways even if the letter didn't come out and maybe they they even saw a video of herself and just that i'm pretty sure they probably would have still rejected her even if that letter didn't come out okay because she was like you want to be a lawyer but then you're dissing the government and the people that created the law so how do you want them, how do you expect them to take you as a lawyer if you're dissing the people that created the law? <laughs> okay. Uh, that's an interesting point. But anyway, <laughs> we need to go same place now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so back to UK. Um, do you guys think something similar can ever happen here in the UK in terms of someone being rejected, you know, um, and in, based on what would someone possibly be rejected at, or not be called at the bar? If you don't follow, because before you start the bar course, before you start the 
the LPC does uh, regulations. So the bar one is a bar standard um, regulation, and the the solicitor one is a solicitor regulation associate, something like that. They 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 send you the link to read it through, and if you break any of those, just just know that you're not you shouldn't be a lawyer. Like you're breaking the rules already. So I think people have that knowledge as soon as they start those courses and have a knowledge of what you need to do um, in in relationship to progress in, within your legal career. As I stated before, the easier way that I know um, and I've seen company doing it is they come through my social media to be able to uh, accept my role. So that's the check they do, like Chloe mentioned earlier. They will check your social media. They'll make sure that the person I'm hiring is indeed of, you know, a background where can relate to the company because the customer can easily be like, what's your name? What's your LinkedIn? Which is one way they can know you. From your LinkedIn, find your Instagram or Facebook. And that's it. They, they already know, okay, this person can handle my case. So once you break the regulation i feel like you're already in the in the field where you're on the red zone where it could be yes it could be no but if someone reports you that say you're out so i know it's that integrity and and you know dishonest once you're dishonest or you're lying against mm. a law in front of you you're already being able to be picked up on someone and once you you become a barrister a judge can actually revoke your 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 calling if they believe that you've been dishonest and lied in court or give you a fine so there's a lot of regulation even once we practice the law in the future okay um frida um do you want to talk about what kind of rules i think i mean madeline has, has mentioned some of them but what are the main rules you need to follow as a law student and are there any restrictions in terms of how to use social media um yeah like you said Madeline has touched on most of it already um so um so yeah because of that I think I'm just gonna touch on the social media the use of social media as a law student um and I think it's quite simple I think that so long as you're not defaming anyone or breaking Mm -hmm. rules that ordinary citizens are not supposed to break you should be fine uh, there isn't any specific rules like in other countries. Um, so yeah, that's it, I think. Okay. So, um, how many years roughly, um, does it take to become an official lawyer? Because when I found out about Amagona's case, it's all saying that after six years of studies, then you reject a person. So I was actually shocked because I didn't know it could be that long to become an, a lawyer. I thought maybe four yes maximum and you're done <laughs> but, but um so how does it how long does it take and is it different for every type of law i think it depends on the route that you take so if you're follow, i can't even say that if you're following the traditional route it would take you six years because you also need to take into account stuff like or oh, finding a training getting a training contract offer um, you know, passing exams. It could honestly, it def- it depends. But standard, I would say six to seven years. Wow. Yeah, that's standard. Mm-hmm. But it could that's be more. Standard. That's like could it as a minimum. That's minimum six to seven years. I'd say. 
Yeah. Yeah, go on. I was going to say that is also if you have everything back to back, as in no no gap or no experience at all, like you're just fully going through studies only. Yeah. Mm. Okay, also in terms of getting a job, how um, quick... (laughs) You're already laughing. How quick can you get a job and does the university prepare you enough enough well i know it's, it's not easy especially being black follow anyways mm. it's not easy and for well for my union with trend i don't think they prepare you enough they don't care it's up to me. <laughs> you just have to prepare yourself because mm. like i'm in third gen i don't think they've even contacted me anything nothing they don't care really? yeah Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, Madeline, what do you what, what, what? um obviously yeah it um like Chloe said, as a black and I wanna have like female mm. lawyer, um if we we're a male probably would be easier to find a job, but as a female is more it's harder, don't mm. get me wrong. And personally, um the only legal job I've done is when I've volunteered myself as in unpaid. And that's the legal jobs I've been able to do. And if it was a paid job, is is harder. It's just literally you go for the interview, and then as soon as you walk into the interview, you already know it's been a rejection. So you just see um, white, old, middle class people looking at you, and you're like, okay, that's it. You're failed. Like there's no there's no chance because you see their faces, their reactions as you walk into the the room. So that already is a rejection, and plus. The, the stress you're going to put yourself into. Um, in regards to support, I personally did um, have support through my university. Obviously, I didn't do Trent. I did BCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also could be due to my own initiative that I took by talking to my um, personal tutor from first year. So they knew from first year what I wanted to do. So from first year, I prepared my CVs and cover letters for a- any potential courses, which I had, we call like career advisor. So we had my personal tutor, my career advisor helping me throughout and checking that I was applying, doing all these applications before I left third year. Um, so I did have the preparation that has helped me and the mentorship that's helped me till now. I do believe that if you probably ask, you might find someone that will give you that um, instant direction in the schools and universities. But as I say, I asked and I saw the support. So I'm not sure what different universities have different ways as well. Okay. Um, what other um, routes can one go into after completing a law degree? You know, aside becoming a traditional lawyer, what kind of what? what what else can you do with the degree? I think, I think it can go into anything. Um, a law degree is quite a respected um, degree or a respected subject, so you can literally go into anything. Um, a lot of employers nowadays are not necessarily looking at the qualification you've got, but at the experience and the skills you've got. Um, so I feel like to be honest, you can go into anything okay. personally, yeah. Um, so if one wants to become a judge after 
you know, after working as a lawyer, how can they become a judge? Okay, I'll go ahead. Yeah, so it's the same steps that you're doing. However, I know you need to be like a British citizen um, and able to, you need to be a British citizen and also you must be um, below a certain age, I think it's 70 years, and then be able to apply. So if you don't have a British citizenship after you're done the bar or the solicitor rule, you're not able to become a judge. That's the only difference. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. Wait, so if someone is from the EU, can they still qualify? No, they can't. You, can't, they you can't. need to have a British citizenship to become a judge. To the actual passport? Yeah, you need to have the actual passport, which means oh. you need to go through that test, that um, analysis and everything to be able to become a judge. And that's why I don't see a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of black <laughs> people in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The only people that I know as a black judge, it is because they've been here, like they were born here or um, their parents came in their 50s. So like they're Jamaicans, people that came here a time ago. Um, As I just know one black female judge. That's it. Wow. It's hard. Do you guys think they need to make changes in terms of that? In terms of the, Um, you know, what you need to have it to become a judge? Personally, I think so, as my citizenship should not determine my knowledge Mm. towards me becoming a judge. However, as I say, law in the UK, it was predominantly a white male British citizenship (laughs) citizen (laughs) um, work. So I understand how come that rule has been there for so many years and has not changed. And the only change we've been able to do lately is meeting the barrister and solicitor route. So hopefully in the future that amendment can happen. Like we have done the changes now, but it will take time. Like it's taking time now. So do you think it's, got, it's ever going to happen or? It will take time. It will be like a revolution time. The same way they're accepting females now as barristers. Yeah. And same way they accept in black people as barristers. That's the same way one day, one day, they will accept a black judge that, or any judge that is European and not. Well, with Brexit, listen, it's, it's a lot It's a lot to take in consideration. Yeah, but yeah, it would be hard one to change. Okay. Um, this is my last question. Um, no, actually, I've got an extra two. Um, <laughs> What are your plans after graduation? Well, for Chloe, who hasn't graduated, and then for you guys that have graduated, um, how is the working field treating you? And what is the what is the goal? What, what's your career goal? We start from Chloe. I'm gonna do my master's straight after, okay. but the barrister one, the barrister course, yeah. All right, Rita. So my plan for now is just to work for a couple of years and then go back to law school, take the solic- solicitor's um, route and hopefully get also get a training contract and then, yeah, become a solicitor. That's the plan. Mm. And in terms of that, well, we know how the whole tuition fees works here in the UK. is very, very expensive for the people who don't know. Um, when you want to become 
a solicitor? Do you have to, does the government help? Is there funding? Or you have to sort out yourself? So the government doesn't help, but firms do. So let's say now I got a job in a firm. Um, I got a job as a, um, let's say, paralegal. Um, and if I stood out, I would be offered a training contract. And once you're offered a training contract, you would, I would, I'd have to um, work as a trainee solicitor for two years. And no, sorry, 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 no. So basically, um, let's say I get a job offer as a paralegal. Yep. Um, if I'm good and I stand out, um, the firm may offer to pay for my LPC, the legal practice course, which mm-hmm. is the last uh, course you need to take before you then go on to do the trainee solicitor. So, um, yeah, that's that's the only um, support available, but the, the government doesn't actually help. Or alternatively, you can fund it yourself. Um, what advice do you guys have for someone who wants to go into law? Um, any tips in, in terms of studying, finding jobs, you know, in general, what kind of advice do you guys have? Um, have a good sense of, like, orientation. Like, prepare yourself for anything. Um, just don't think is a straight line because you're going to have a lot of branches in in within your your you know your your journey um obviously i'll say study hard this course is not easy <laughs> um but is is doable don't be scared if you put your head to it you're able to do it and the fact that you chose law you have a good headset um to be able to proceed in acquiring the degree at the end of the day so yeah short and simple Okay, Chloe, what advice do you have? You just said it all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fantastic. Thank you, guys. You gave some really, really good answers. Hello, you. As we've come to the end of this podcast session, I just want to make you aware, if in case you want to contact any of my guests or you've got extra um, inquiries for them, their social media handles are as follows miss firm pair underscore is for magdalene who will change her mind and doesn't mind her name to be shared and we've got frida whose handle is miss us underscore writer m-i-s-s-u-s underscore writer underscore and then you've got a lovely chloe whose handle is chloe underscore boche my handle is it's underscore adjo underscore debbie so you can contact me as well. Thank you for listening.